Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Alright, so we talked about the three P's that can help us to make a great year. The first one is prayer. We dealt with that extensively. I want to appeal to you in the name of God. Go back and listen to that message. Uh, again and ensure that you practice it that you practice it it's very important truths contained therein I I poured my heart out in that message and I'll do the same here because as, as a pastor one of the things I want to see is the lives under that God has given us the privilege to lead get better Uh, just get better Uh, I know sometimes we feel like it's just about getting to heaven, but you don't want your life on earth to be hell on your way to heaven. You want to live an impactful life. You want to live a great life. You want to live an efficient and effective life. And all the classes, especially the last class we did, put all those things together and give your life some attention. The second P I talked about is planning. I know what we're going to talk about today, planning and performance. So I'm trusting the Lord to help me finish up uh, this. So what's the definition of planning? Planning is the fundamental management function which involves deciding beforehand. That's important. Deciding beforehand what is to be done, when it is to be done, how it is to be done, and who is going to do it. You know, this is a business definition. This is a business definition. It says, is the fundamental management function which involves deciding beforehand. So, it tells us that planning is making decisions beforehand. Number one, what is to be done? So, if you are writing, you can just put in, you can put deciding beforehand what is to be done, when it is to be done, how it is to be done, and who is going to do it. Now, the question of who is going to do it here is very clear. Is you. Alright, if this were to be a business, we'll not talk about who is responsible for what task. Now, it's an intellectual process, okay? So, that's what planning is. Planning is essentially imagining the future and deciding how it's going to play out. Now, I have said that for you to be a responsible Christian, and I use that word very important because there are some Christians that are irresponsible. For you to be a responsible Christian, you have to co-labor with God. You have to co-labor with God. You have to collaborate with God to build your life. Now, whether you plan the year or not, the year would come and it will end. So, whether you have a plan for next year, the year will come as at when it should come, right? And it will do what? It will end when it should end. Your planning or not planning regardless. You see, when you know that this world does not stop for you, you will be more conscious of your life. Are you following this now? Come and I said, are you following this? Now, so whether you plan the year or not, the year will come and it will end. 
then January is not for planning. January should be for execution. January is not for planning. January should be for what? Execution. January should be for executing. January 1st should be for executing. Now, let me tell you something. I've discovered over time by my own personal experience that whatever you decide to start practicing by January, you usually are not efficient in it. So if you decide next year, I want to wake up by 5.30 to pray, don't start January 1st. Start in December. You should actually use December as a practicing and trial for everything you're going to do in January. Okay? We talk about planning because you do not have eternity to live. Everything in your life is time-bound. You don't have eternity to live. Even if you live for 120 years, one more year is reduction. It's not addition. So you don't have all the time. We, we believe God for long life. We confess long life. But we should not live as if you are going to live like Methuselah. You know, I preached a message on Methuselah. You should go and listen to it. The creation story. First subheading. The creation story. Genesis 1.26. It was very clear. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Praise God. You can put that up for me if you, if you can hear me up in the media room. Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have, you know, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. So God said, let us. God made that mental picture. I want to make man. This is how the man would be. This is how this is what the man will govern over very specific let them rule over the fish of the sea birds of the sky over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth god could have just said and let him rule no he was specific about what he wanted the man now understand at this stage man was not yet formed then the scripture goes further to say and god formed man from the dust of the so first of all, the first image of man was in God's heart. The dimensions and realms that man will rule over was in God's heart. Then God went to ahead to form man. Now the Bible says before here, your Bible students, so you understand, God said, let there be light, and he separated the light from the darkness. God said, let there be, you know, there was process, there was planning. We are not introduced to a disorganized God in Genesis. God is all powerful. He can just say man be and man will be. But Genesis creation tells us organization. In fact, I'll tell you now as, as, as your pastor, my greatest number one goal for next year, either in my life, in this ministry, and in everything that concerns me is increased organization. I've realized that there are resources that will never come into your life if you're not organized. That's my personal goal, so you can hold me accountable. Increased organization. We are not introduced to a disorderly God. In creation, we are introduced to order. Are, are you following this? God did not create man and say, ah, where will he stay? He say, okay, hold him there first. Hold him, hold him, hold him. There's no garden. No. Garden first and then man. Now, if you, God is a detailed planner. If you look at the story of the ark, right? The ark. The temple, he told, he, God was so specific. Go study that because of our time. I won't have time to read that. But go study that. God was so specific. He was telling 
Moses the dimension of the ark. This place should be this. This is the type of wood to use. If you are not specific about your life, you will not experience increase. Even the priestly garment, God did not just say, sew a shirt. He gave them the color. He told them what should be on the breastplate. The, the, the kind of stones. God is detailed. Looking at your life, you will know that God is detailed. You were not created haphazardly. You don't see someone where the nose is on this side. And he say, why is your nose like that? I say, I don't know, my brother. I just, I just, that's how God created me. No, everybody's nose is in one direction. Now, they come in different shapes and sizes, but it should be in one direction. There's nobody whose head, right, is under their feet. Look at all your bodies, a system, reproductive system, um, respiratory system. There's order. Go and listen to that message, order and system. Right? You should have that kind of system that functions in your life and it starts with planning. Now, the robe and the color of the high priest garment. Now, look at this. In Acts chapter 2 verse 23, NIV, Acts 2.23. You can put that up for me, please. Acts chapter 2 verse 23, the NIV version. Now, you understand that when man fell, Ah, right, okay. Um, do you have the amplified or the NLT? Okay. Okay, all right. Now, it says, This Jesus went delivered up according to the definite and fixed purpose and settled plan and foreknowledge of God. Which means, I'm not going into the theological meaning of this, I'm just speaking this now. It means that, look at this, it means that the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was a plan. Look at this. It says, this Jesus, when delivered up according to the definite and fixed purpose and settled plan. and for So, Jesus did not die haphazardly. Three and a half years. It's going to be three days Inside the grave, not three and a half days, three days. Remember, God said in Genesis that the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. I was talking about Jesus. The scripture tells us in Acts chapter 2 verse 23 that the death of Jesus on the cross was a definite plan. It was, it was not any woman who was going to give birth to Jesus. It was going to be what? A virgin. It was not going to be from every tribe. It was going to be from a specific tribe. So, we are not introduced to a God that is haphazard. I will beg you in the name of God, if there is one change you will make in your life next year is order. Bring order. It, it doesn't even help us to, because we live in a disorderly society. You know, disorder is our culture. We were raised in disorder. And you know, as I was studying this message, I now realized that, ah, we were raised in disorder. I'm going to say some things this evening. Please don't take it personal. We're raised in disorder. We were raised not knowing what we're going to eat. You think it's normal? It's not normal. Are you following what I'm saying? You were raised with, you don't know what you are going to wear, except it's that Sunday morning. It's just disorder. There's no order. There's no plan. And I'll show you. Because you don't have a plan, you waste time. You waste time. And anytime you waste time, you are wasting your life. There's no plan for finances, no order, no system. You see, in scriptures, we are not introduced to disorder. 
So right from Isaiah, the prophecies had come. Right from Malachi, the prophecies had come. How long will Jesus stay on the grave? Three days. Who was going to betray Jesus? All those things, if we can serve God today, because we find in the Old Testament detailed plans about Jesus. And I now know the reason why many people don't plan. They don't have the capacity. They have the capacity. They are too lazy to sit down and work out the details. So for a Christian, it is well means I can be scattered and my life will still end up well. That's why many, many people are frustrated. I was looking at uh, Saudi Arabia. They had a goal for 2030 to become a sporting nation. You have that goal. 2030, right? 2030? Yeah, think 2030 to be a sporting nation. You can, you can find out today they've started buying stars, spending money. I mean, if you don't watch football, pardon me, but you realize that the interest of football have gone to what? Saudi Arabia. It's a strategic plan to 2030. They're planning to host the World Cup. That's a nation that has a plan. So creation story shows us that God has a deliberate plan. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 3 to 4, um, the, um, the, the, the living Bible. An enterprise is built by wise planning. An enterprise is built by wise planning. Proverbs 24, 3 to 4. It becomes strong through common sense and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the fact. All right. An enterprise is built by wise planning. It becomes strong to common sense and profits wonderfully well by keeping abreast of the facts. I need to work with you guys. Your NIV and the one I'm using is not the same. So we need to find out why that is. TLB. TLB, right? I said TLB. I said the Living Bible. If you don't have it, you can just leave this. So wise planning, right? An enterprise is built by wise planning. Wise planning. Becomes strong to common sense and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. Now, every year, pay attention please, every year would rise and fall to the level of your planning and consistency of your performance. Every year would rise and fall to the level of your planning and what? The consistency of your performance. By performance here, I mean execution of those plans. Every year. Every year will rise and fall. So the, 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 the outcome of this year is highly dependent on the plans you have and the performance or the execution of those plans. I found something very interesting as I was studying. I found out that the Hebrew word for thoughts, to think, the Hebrew word for thought and plan is the same thing. The Hebrew word for thoughts and plan is the same thing. Now, the Hebrew word for artistic design is the same thing. So, the same word used for thoughts, the same word used for plan, and the same word used for artistic design in the Hebrew is the same word. Which means actually that the designing of your life as a reason of your thinking is what planning is. So like an artist, you design your life. Now, come with me to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. You should know that. What does Jeremiah 29, 11 says? I know what? Are the thoughts I have for you. They are what? Thoughts of good and not for what? 
evil. Now, the New American Standard Bible says, I know the plans. I know the plans. Which means that a man's plans are a function of his thoughts. So, I now know why many people do not plan. They can't think. So, you have to sit down. I need to make this amount of money next year. What do you do? You sit down and you start thinking. And people just say, don't worry. What will be, will be. God will not shame us. They stand up. Brain has frozen. Can't think. Which means that you have to think through. God says, I know the plans I have for you. So God, you see, your life is planned by God. And that's what we talked about in, um, last Wednesday. You pray, you, co- you collaborate with God, you know God. God is planning for you. Why won't you plan for yourself? And that's the problem. The ability to sit down and think through things is our greatest issue. Your plans will be a direct product of your thinking capacity. So you must think through your plans. So the same word for plan is the same word for thought. It's the same word for artistic designs. For instance, in Exodus 31, 4, it says to devise artistic designs. That's the word plan. To walk in gold and silver. Exodus 35, 32, the same word. For an artist to design something. Can design your life through planning. Child of God, one of the greatest challenges of our nation is lack of planning. In developed nations, they will say, by 20 days, right, we feel that the population would have risen by 1 million, which means that there will be more cars. You know, they plan the demography. So what happens? They expand the roads. They say, oh, we should have a housing scheme by 20, 20 something, something to accommodate the working population. Here, every time every politician comes, he's saying the same thing as if they are all put on on, on, on robotic remote control. I will give you water. I will give you road. I will give you water. I will give you road for 63 years. Because nobody's thinking. Because nobody's thinking. And while we can blame the government, some of our lives are a reflection of that system. Same thing every year. Same thing every year. I will learn this. It's been 10 years. I will do this, it's been 10 years. I will save, it's been 15 years. The same things you quarreled your father over, you are now repeating. Your father worked for 50 years, there's no sign of that he labored. You have worked for 10 years, there's still no sign. The only sign is, 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 is your helmet and the, the, the company uh, logo. That's the only thing. So you hang it there. A non-thinking society produces non-thinking people. And unfortunately, if we are raised in this kind of society, we have to force ourselves to, to think. That's why you see when they organize programs in this, in this part of the world, they say no African time. You, you know why? Because this is where things start when the party is full. Not when they say the party will start. Even church programs. When the crowd is not full, they'll tell the person to be praising God. You know, at that time, God has stopped being worshipped. They are now using praise to mark time. So 
So we have a responsibility, and I'm telling you now, because of the kind of society we are raised in, it means majority of people don't think. So you have to separate yourself. And in fact, when you become structured, your friends will start fighting you. Why? Because we are raised up in an unstructured environment. Lecturer can come when he feels like or he cannot come. Lecturer can just come and say, eh, I'm doing tests. No information. Or he can just say, the last test you wrote is your exam. Or a lecturer can just say, this handout is 40 marks. That is your exam. You're uncultured. So, after being in that system for 30 years, you are used to structure. That's why when they say, uh, you are used to not being structured, not having a plan. That's why when they say, queue up, something in your system begins to fight it. Say, they don't queue, they don't queue. And then the man who jumps the queue looks smart to you. So, foolishness looks smart to us. Disorder looks smart. And if you are not careful as a Christian, even though you are saved, you will take the the nurture, you know that's what you call nature, nurture, right? Nature is who you are, nurture is how you were raised. You will take that nurture consciousness and pull it into your life. So not to have a plan is your plan. That means you have planned not to have a plan. <laughs> okay? Not to have a plan at all it means you already have a plan. And what is that plan? It's not to have a plan. Right? Like they will say, if you fail to plan, you have done what? You have planned to fail. So, not having a plan means you already have a plan that you will not have a plan. And don't tie God into your disorder. Say, um, do you know tomorrow? Do you know tomorrow? No. By prayer and collaborating to God with God, we know tomorrow and we plan. I'm telling you, if you spend 20 hours in planning, it will reduce more than 60 hours for you in execution. Have to have a plan. And we have to learn it. Because we're not taught. Most of us grew up in homes with no plan. There's no time to sleep. You sleep when you are feeling sleepy. Hmm? If you are privileged to grow up in a home with a plan, blessed are you. Because for some of the homes that some of us grew up with, it is, it is disorder amplified. You sleep where you want to sleep. It's where sleep hits you that you sleep. So every day of the month, you wake up in different spots. Can wake up in the couch, wake up under the bed, wake up. So the, the, there's no, there's no. This is where we sleep. There's no bedroom. Bedroom is where the sleep hits you. Just disorder. No time to sleep. No time to pray. And if you find anything resisting order and planning in your life, know that you are cutting with failure. In any area of your life. When you study the scriptures, I don't want to go there because of time. It says, and Jesus went to the Sabbath to read as his custom was. That means they knew he always came to the Sabbath to read. Had that, he had that, had that custom. Had that habit. That's why they gave him the scroll to read that day. He was not the first time and they didn't give him because he was Jesus. 
So he knew that a time will come where I will read the scroll about my, my prophetic word. It means I would have to start going to the temple. So even though Jesus was prophesied in Genesis, God had to put a plan in place. All the workings of God with, with Abraham, with Isaac, with the covenant fathers were execution of plans. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Say, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. It didn't say, and my plans. God has plans for you. You must have plans for yourself. What did God say he will establish? Your plans. So if you don't have a plan, what will God establish? Nothing. What's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? We talked about, and I'll share a document with you later. I talked about the seven wheels of life. What's your plan? Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. What's your plan? Okay? Proverbs 19.21 Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. So you have many plans, and the Lord says, no, this one, no, drop this one, this one, drop this one, this one, you can go with this one. You must have a plan. i like you to, to sit down and plan your life. Praise God. Humorously, someone very close to us said to us in the early days of our marriage, said to me basically, you, you people need to have another child. So I said, having children does not take time. In five minutes, the job is done. But sending them to school takes time. Buying pampas takes time. And so I said, this advice you are giving to me, if you back it up with three million the job is done. That was the end of the council. Some things don't take time in life. To blow up your salary does not take time. It's just to pick. Yeah, give me one here. Two, three, four. Uh, <laughs> I like shawarma. Uh, add ice cream. They don't point the devourer to you. Say, pin. Eh? Just give you the devourer. The devourer in pocket from POS. He say, your pin, sir. Respectfully. One, one, two, five. Sixty thousand have gone. Say, ah! This economy. This economy. There's nothing in this paper bag. There's nothing in this paper bag. You sit down and in one hour, whew, then by 20th, you start sending text message. I greet you, sir. <laughs> 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 you lack plans. <laughs> Nothing that you didn't make plans for should attract you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nothing. <laughs> you don't manage resources because you have resources. It's your management of the little you have that gives you more resources. He that is faithful in little shall be what? Faithful in what? Do you think Nigeria has a resources problem? 
No, it's always a management problem. And you, you see, if you look at Nigeria, you should look at your life and take lessons. There's nothing, I, I, and I can say it because I'm a citizen of this country. There's nothing in this country that we can point to that is well managed. If you look at the company here now, you realize that if they say Nigeria should take over the company now 100%, in five years' time, you will see goats in the area eating grass. I'm telling you. That's when the GMD will bring his cousin. They'll supply fake cement. You will go to, go to DSC. Alaja, Delta State Company. You grew up in Worry. Go to Shell Yard. In those days when you were going to the Shell place, exactly the way this place is now. Go there today. They are, you will see where they are selling uh, 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 what's Akara in English? Bean cake in the <laughs> in form of the former GMD house. People are frying Akara and people are drinking pap. Keke has started entering tricycle. Because nothing works in the hands of a man who lacks plants. Nothing works. When we talk about developed country, what is the issue about developed country? Plants. The train passes here by 6 o'clock. Whether your cousin is the driver or not, by 6 it will pass. I remember one time, went on vacation myself and my wife to a particular country in Europe. And of course, both of us were alone, so we're looking at the map times, you know, the, the train stuff on my phone. So I wanted to take a picture. <laughs> a very, very funny story. And my wife was about to, you know, I just said, it's five minutes, it's five minutes. You know, because how you were raised always would, would, would fight you anywhere. Then I saw the train <laughs> coming. So I said, uh, David was the boss, sorry. I saw the boss, I said, boss is coming. Yeah, we packed paper and start running. Because whether you are a tourist, whether you are illegal, whether you are legal, that time, are you following what I'm saying? Systems. See, that's how your life should operate. Systems. Must plot, listen to me, child of God. If we will make anything out of our life, we must plug our life into systems and not emotions. This is my time of prayer. I don't feel like praying. I stand up and I pray. Hmm? Can I tell you that lack of planning is why you are not eating balanced diet? It's lack of planning. It's not spiritual. Oh, I'm too tired. Indomie and egg. I'm too tired. Indomie. Yesterday, I ate Indomie. Onion flavor. Today, chicken flavor. Ah. <laughs> it's lack of planning. So you realize that if you check what you have eaten in the last six months, you are only alive by the mercy of God. You can't say you don't believe in God because he's the one keeping you alive because everything you have eaten should kill you. <laughs> oh, I'm hungry. I'm too tired to coke and biscuits. Coke and bread. Hmm? Because lack of plan. There's no plan. So every time you enter the kitchen, is confusion. And you are single. No plan. Child of God, without a plan, we will make a mess of our redemption. Our light will not shine. And I start devotion this morning, I shared from Isaiah 60. Say, kings will come to the brightness of your rising. What will make kings come to the brightness of your rising? Diligence and order. 
See as that man diligent in his job, what will happen? He will stand before kings. Stand before kings. Please, I'd like us to revisit our lives again and bring structure and order. If we can raise our children by structure, we would have done a great help to them. Because I was studying this and I was saying, why do we have a problem with this thing? I just realized there were no structures. There were no structures. There were no structures. So you have to put structure into your life. NIV, Proverbs 16.9, please. Proverbs 16.9. It says, in the hearts... I don't know what translation is this. I didn't put it here. But it says, in their, in their hearts, human plan their course. But the Lord established their steps. I like the word, plan their course. Oh, right. Oh, it's NIV. Okay. Yeah, I didn't put it. But this is good. In his heart, a man plans his course. You understand that? Plans your course. Then, the Lord determines the step. Can you see that? It's like, you are saying, I want to go there. So, you start walking and God says, no, take this step. So, if you don't have a curse, what will God determine? Nothing. In his heart, a man plans his curse, but the Lord does what? Determines his steps. Do you know why people are disciplined when they go to the airports? And are not disciplined when they go to the park? Order. Hmm? You know the plane will not wait for you. There's no conductor. You hear what I'm saying? So it means that the more important, the higher things are in life, the more order is needed. The more order is needed. Now, amplified version. A man's mind plans his way. Amplified. A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs the step and makes them sure. So you have to have something. The, the amplified classic says, as he journeys through life. A man plans, a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life. So, and the Lord directs his step and makes them sure. So, you see, there's something the Lord must direct. It's like when you have a moving vehicle. It's easier to control than a vehicle that is parked. You can't park your life and expect God to take you. That's why the scripture says to him that has much will be given. Why do you think rich people keep getting richer? There's a habit of the rich. There's a way the rich people behave. There's a way they plan their life. There's a way they manage their finances. Right? You see rich people looking for cheap things to buy in bulk. And poor people will go to the most expensive market because they want to tell people that they are not poor. And it makes them poorer. Praise God. Are you learning something here? Talk to me. Are you learning something here? Proverbs 21.5. Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. I say lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. What does haste mean? No plan. Always in a hurry. And I'll talk about that. Why is it that everything in our life is urgent? Lack of plan. So everything is urgent. But look at this. The plans of the diligent. Can we have the amplified version, please? The plans of the diligent or the NLT. It says, the thoughts of the steadily diligent tend only to plentitious. But everyone who is impatient and hasty, hasty, hastens only to want. You are in a hurry to lack, a hurry to poverty. Look at our nation. I used to as an example again. Huh? There is no camping, nothing. When World Cup comes, it's only Nigeria where we are qualifying for World Cup. People will start praying for other people to lose. Say if Cameroon lose to Algeria, and Algeria lose by four points, we will make it. How do you, 
<laughs> How do you live your life at the mercy of someone's success or failure? That's why some of you have left your life in the, in the hands of your uncle. So as you are here now, there's nothing you control. If mercy is not extended to you, you are gone. Praise God. You know, some of you need to sit up because there's no inheritance to inherit from your father, except his, his old trousers you want. And if you came from that kind of home, it means the work on your life is higher. That's why when you are playing with people whose parents are rich, you play with common sense. You look at you play a little, you retreat. You play a little, we retreat. Because if their father dies, they still have a future. If your own father is gone, you are gone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, in life, you must tell yourself the truth. Good planning. Look at this. Good planning. So good planning, if there's good planning, then there's bad planning. But good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts leads to poverty. Good planning leads to prosperity. So you have to plan. You have to plan. You have to plan. In preparing for this message, the power of planning was highlighted further in my life. Why you have to plan have to plan. And you saw what I said to you in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Every area of your life must be covered up in plan. We're going to give you something to help you today. Practical you know, sheet of paper with things to work on. Because I don't want you to have any excuse. And when God judges me, I want to tell him that I taught you the message. I gave you the homework. I mean, so that your judgment will be stronger. Because the scripture says, <laughs> the one who knows, <laughs> who knows what his master needs and is that his stripes will be more. So I want to ensure that if you don't plan when you stand before God because you sat under my teaching, the stripes are more. Because you can't claim ignorance. Except you now want us to sit you down. Then you now be talking and they will do the planning for you. So good planning. Everybody say good planning. What will it lead to? What will it lead to? Prosperity. Now, pay attention to that word. Good planning and what? Hard work. Now, hard work is execution. We'll come there. Because plans without execution is no planning. So, you have good plans. What is the things that should follow good planning? Hard work. Hard work. Okay. So, then... Uh, Psalm 20 verse 4. Just give me Psalm 20 verse 4. Then move, let's move up to the next subheading. Psalm 20 verse 4. Psalm 20 verse 4. It says, may he grant you your heart's desires. Look at this. May he grant you your heart's desires. And do what? Hey, are you here? And make how many of your plans? All your plans do what? Succeed. It means that you have to have a plan for God to make it succeed. And I know what some of you are saying. All the plans that I have, none will have succeeded. And I'll show you. Some of you, is not planned. It's just mere wishes. There's no plan. There's nothing on paper. There's nothing strategic. There's no steps. There are no checks and balances. But it's what you plan that God will make succeed. Okay. Next subheading. Sit down with 2024. So I'm put up that uh, thing I told you to type for me. Some, um, sorry. Sit down with 2024. Okay. So, this is 2024 broken down. 
Okay? 2024 is a leap year. And you know what that means. So you have one extra day. Alright? So 2024 has 366 days. It has 8,784 hours. It has 31,622,400 seconds. This is all you have. White, black, yellow, plumpy, slim, tall, dark, handsome, and the next one. Huh? Nobody has 367 days. Child of God, you see this figure that looks like a pyramid. This is the year. Every single day of this year will either contribute to your success or your failure. This is the year. There's nothing more than this. This is the number of hours you have. This is the number of days you have. The number of seconds you have. And God has ensured that every man has the same. So what will make the difference in the year is what you do with this. And I, I listen to me. I want us to move beyond the new excitement of New Year. Because hmm? by January 1st, everybody is serious. By April. Eh? You know how it is when the league starts. Everybody thinks they are going to win the league. And then when your club starts coming out 13, 14, 15, let them just cancel this league or let the next season start. You know, failures always want things to be cancelled. Are you hearing this? And I like what my sister said when she was teaching on Sunday. Very important thing. Eh? Said there are people whose goals is to win the Premier League. There are those whose goal is to escape relegation. There are those whose goal is just to stay where they are. Mid-table clubs. They are neither going forward nor going backward. You have to check your friends by that table. Hmm? You have to check your friends by that table. If you are friends with someone whose life is just to escape relegation, there are some people that their goal in this life is let me just eat. That, I'm telling that is that they are not bothered. Then you ought to be going for the championship, and that's your best friend. You will soon come down. You know, there are some people in this life, all their goal is just to get married. They just want to be a missus. They don't care the, how the son name ends, they just want to tie rapper. That is, that is it. We've tied rapper, we have goal. <laughs> That, that life is finished. You have to check your friends. So that if you are at championship level, you must ensure you surround yourself with championship friendship so that your discussion shall, will be what? So, Luke 14, 28 says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. Luke 14, 28. So the first thing about building a tower, alright, is what? You can go back to my translation, NASB. The first thing to build a tower is to sit down. It's not to carry blocks. Sit down. Before you get into the year, the first thing to do with the year is to do what? Sit down. Sit down. With the year, sit down. Look at the year on paper. That's why we talked about the black calendar. Right? Look at it. Sit down. F- sit down with your life. 
Sit down with your life. Sit down with your life. Sit down with your finances. Sit down. This is not about, oh, why is my life like this? Even if you're asking yourself, oh, why is my life like this? Ask why. Like the prodigal son. Why am I eating? I taught you the power of right questions. You can go listen to that message again. Why am I eating this kind of food? Why can't I pay my children's school fees? Why am I struggling financially? Why is my boss not giving me the kind of bonus I need to get? What is hindering? And tell yourself the truth. Why is the church not growing? Why are people not staying in the church? So you will rise to the level of the systems you create around you. Alright? You sit down. If you want, When we built this church, the first thing we did was the plan, the architectural plan. Any building you want at all, you first of all draw the architectural plan. You have to you see it on paper. Your life has to play out on paper first before you enter the year. Okay? So let me go quickly. You will rise to the level of the systems you create around you. Simple and consistent systems are better than complex systems that you find hard to meet up. Simple and, and simple systems. E.g., reading 15 minutes a day for one year is better than reading three hours eh? once a month. Create systems very simple. In the last four years, I've had, no, no, where I've had that system in the last four years, but worked on it in the last uh, two years. I've had a simple financial system. Some people that are close to me have taught them personally with that. Any income that comes into my life flows into that system. Certain percentage as my tight, certain percentage for giving, certain percentage for my children's school fees, certain percentage for feeding, certain percentage, you know, that goes into, I think two years ago, you know, I just thought of it. Myself and Pastor Mary, we're not, we're not getting younger, we're getting older. So I started thinking we need to have a pension. So I started putting something aside personally on that. Because it's not when you now grow old and you have no built system around you, you now start wearing tattered jeans to look like uh, a young child. Say, I'm still young in heart. I'm still young in heart. And the microphone is shaking in your hands. I'm still young in heart. Youth is a teen of the heart, my friend. Calm down. You see, because when you don't have a plan at old age, you will fight battles you should not fight. So as your children are growing, something should tell you that you, you are going. That's how the journey is. <laughs> An interesting photograph I saw on Facebook, very interesting. This old man and this old woman, they went on vacation, very old. So they, had, they were on this thing that usually turns people around. And both of them were sleeping. <laughs> and the caption is, you know, you should have done this. Eh? You know, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, he said, the days will come when you say, my soul has no pleasure in these things. There are days that Bansing Castle will, will make you break your bone. <laughs> you now say, oh, because you were young, you didn't do Bansing Castle. Because you were young, you are now 70. They now put you in Bansing Castle. By the time you hit that, <laughs> the whole place is dizzy. The little arthritis that was coming is amplified. You will leave Bansing Castle with walking stick. and It's not the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes in life, you just have to tell yourself, that face in my life, I didn't enjoy it. Thank God. For, let the next generation enjoy it. So, importance of planning. Number one, planning breaks a problem or a goal into smaller pieces. So, planning helps you to break it into a smaller pieces. Now, I was talking about my financial structure. So, what that means is that any money that comes into my hand flows into that structure flows into that structure. 
flows into that structure. So planning breaks a problem or a goal into smaller pieces. Let's go fast. See some some thoughts to see. Yeah. Number two, planning reveals weaknesses and strengths. So when you plan on paper, it will reveal your weakness and your strength. It will reveal your weakness and your strength. When you plan on paper. For instance, let me give you an example. You've been planning to do something every year. Maybe you've carried it over like four, five years. Now, it shows there's a weakness there. Okay? Maybe I want to read. You said it's 2021, 2022, 2023. You st- where is, what is causing you not to choose? That planning will reveal that, hey, there's a weakness here. So you plan. Number three, it provides direction. Planning provides a clear sense of direction. And see, your direction in life should be clear. Child of God, we are entering into another glorious year. You must have a clear direction. You must have a clear direction where your life is concerned. You must have a clear direction. Serious companies have finished 2024. Hmm? That's why when they are uh, your managers, right, they take them for what you call planning retreat. Am I right? And they put them in very comfortable places just to ensure. Because it's what those managers think through that will affect everything next year. Affect income, affect sales, everything. So they go on. So you that is employed, you are actually employed to execute plans. Thinking retreat for the managers. To think the future, forecast the future. Based on this oil issue, based on this, what will happen? You factor those in. Okay, I'm earning this amount of money. My house rent has gone up. What can I do? Where can I cut? Sit down with your life. Take your life serious. You are not living your enemy's life. It's your life. Take it serious. Why you see a lot of frustrated old people is because of regrets. That's the truth. You, you just see they, ah, 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 ah. Then when they see you, they start shouting. Frustration. When people come to 40s, they hit what you call the midlife crisis. Because they look at their youthful age, it's like nothing is happening. They look from 40 down, it's like the second half of their life, they are just confused. So when you are young and you are hearing this message, you can trap time with planning. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Number four, it, minimi- it minimizes impulsive and arbitrary decisions. Okay? Impulsive decisions. Planning tends to minimize the incidence of impulsive de- You just make decisions by impulse. If there's an area that I really, really thank God for, that I've been delivered for, it's impulse buying. I mean, once in a while I can just decide to do something. But you see, <laughs> you cannot make me buy what I don't want. Because what I don't have the money for, I don't like. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Before I tell you to do something, I've already planned it. It might look impulsive in your eye, but it's not impulsive. <laughs> you know, funny incidents happen. You know, I sent someone to get something and, you know, they came back and said, they said there was not enough money in your card. So I used this other card to pay. So I said, oh, was it more than this amount? They say yes. I said, oh, you should have told me. Because by the time I give you that ATM, the money in that ATM is locked. So if I was the one that went, when you say insufficient balance, 
I will bring it to what is inside. Why? It controls you. I realize that I'm not good with going about with cash. You just give. When I see cash, there's a tendency to spend. So I went cashless even before it became a government policy. <laughs> cashless. So you, you, it will be hard. The only money around money is money to pump tire and all those stuff. You should know your weakness. When salary comes, something rises up in you and you just be hearing supermarket, supermarket, <laughs> supermarket, supermarket. You know what you do? Give, give an order to your bank. If you have a wife that is prudent, though, give an order to your bank. That day that salary is coming, automatically. Lady, you see, don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. If you are not good with money, tell yourself, I'm not good and seek help. You are not good with any area of your life. I'm just using money because we cannot relate to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because life will not be merciful to you because you are not good. And you see, people get tired of helping you when you consistently beg. People don't mind helping. I will tell you the truth. I don't think there's anybody who minds helping. It is when you are now a project. Because they also have needs. And you see, let me tell you something. People's needs are growing. As their relationship grows, people's needs are doing what? They're growing. Oh, there was a young man I was training. So I told him, get yourself serious in school. Ensure you study well. I said, because when my children start growing, I will not take what I should use to pay my children's school fees to support you. Because I'm not playing to the gallery. So I will not reduce the quality of school my children should go to because I want to help you. No, I won't do that. There are things I don't sacrifice. My family is one of them. Because they are paid enough sacrifice. So if my children are still in primary school, I can afford to, to do a lot of things. By the time they get to the university, I would have to cut down some things so they can finish that first. Because I won't be an irresponsible father so that I will look good in your eyes. And that's how some of you are. Very good outside, but you are suffering. So you have borrowed money to help someone. Now you are paying back with interest. And what you help the man to do is not accomplished. How wise are you? And let me tell you this, right? As good as your heart is, you must never open yourself to people who don't have plans for their life and they make you a backup. They just know no matter how things, if I turn to this person, he will help me. And you constantly watch their life going down. You are wicked. Sometimes people need to be told the truth and live. You see, sometimes people never learn life until the consequences of life hit them. Sometimes you have to expose them to that consequence. That's the greatest way for them to learn. That's why you realize that the children of Israel, sometimes when they disobey God, God will tell them you will go into captivity for 70 years. The Amorite, and God will tell them what the Amorite will do. The Amorite will flog you. The Amorite will beat you. 70 years. And God is watching. Very good and merciful God. Then the Amorite will beat them and beat them and beat them. After 70 years, they will start crying to go, oh, God, you are the only one. Yeah, God is now say, come. They misbehave again. God will raise. You see, all those nations. He says there will be tons in your flesh. Because for some people, experience is the best teacher. But it shouldn't be for us. Number five, resource allocation. I think I've touched this. 
This will include your time and your finances. Child of God, there are many people who need help today, but you will not be able to help everyone. Right? Oh, many people need help. Ah, I suffered from this until God delivered me. You know, when you have a merciful heart, people can also make a mess of you. Hmm? Before they finish the story, they have started crying. Ah! And you are the only one I'll be depending on. No, 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 no. no. I can't be the only one. (laughs) Child of God, we live in a world where many people need help. So you have to plan your help. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, sorry, on this one, I'm not sure I'll be able to help. I can trust God with you. For some, you give them transport to the next location. Say, I believe there are many people on this path who might help you, but this is transport to take you there. Or for some of them, you give them airtime to call the next available customer. You transfer them. You say, ah, God has blessed you for us. You don't have a quarrel with God. He can also bless you for yourself. We must break the dependency syndrome. You know, I wrote something on, on, on social media. A few people had some thoughts on it, but I, I'm correct. Hmm? I'm very correct. I know I say I'm correct. We live in a, in a society where there is big emphasis on parents, honor your uh, children, honor your parents, children take care of your parents, but nobody is standing to say, parents, what did you do for these children? Nobody's asking that question. I mean, I'm not for you not honoring your parents, but somebody needs to sit up and just say, you know what? Sometimes parents are expecting more honor than they put in. So this young child is struggling to make it in life. He's struggling to pay rent. He's struggling to do this for you. You didn't even ask yourself, this child that I'm placing these demands on, what? How far? If, if, we, if we leave parental responsibility to only giving birth to children, then we have a problem because the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children children. We should put those two scriptures side by side. Paul says, it's not for children to lay off for fathers, but fathers to lay off for children. If we teach a one-sided gospel, we will breed very myopic Christians. So, the end of this, ah, go and give your father something so he will bless you. Go and give your father something so he will bless you. Go and give your father something so he will bless you. Or God, where are we going to give you this thing that you will bless us from? And I'm saying this because we have young people here, don't raise your children as an investment for your future. Should parents, should children not honor their parents? Oh, they should. But again, parents need to assume what? Responsibility. Are you here? Yeah. I know it can rub off on both ways, but that's just the truth. We must learn to preach balanced gospel. Because I'm seeing young people who should be trying to get ahead in life burdened. Burdened by looking after their parents. And some of us are too emotional to make the right call. Too emotional. Once you see your mother's call, account has gone empty. For they will not threaten you. Oh, I carried you for nine months. How many months were you expecting to do it? Or who was expecting to carry me? I mean, don't make it look like any child decided to come into this world. 
Every child in this world was by the choice of someone. Are you here? Sometimes these are difficult conversations. Because some of you are where you are today because there is no proper resource allocation. Your brother calls, account has gone. Sister calls, account has gone. Say, oh, it's my only blood. It's my only blood. No problem. You will soon be without blood. Keep, keep spending. And let me tell you, if you try, listen to this. If you try to take more responsibilities in a particular season of your life that you are not equipped for, you will not get to the place where you cannot handle those responsibilities. You will never grow. It's like a fruit, a tree that is just growing and you keep plugging the fruit, you keep taking everything from it. The tree will never develop to full stature. Sometimes you have to tell people, find your way, give me some time, let me build structure. I know it can sound difficult, but that's the truth. Are you here? All right. So planning will give you resource allocation. Number six, planning lays the basis for us to access and evaluate our achievements effectively. Okay, so what did I achieve this year? You can just ask yourself that simple question. And don't be religious. Did you achieve anything? Did you learn a skill? Did you improve in value? Did you increase your savings? Right? Don't be religious about it. Don't say, ah, even though I did not achieve anything, I just thank God for life. No, no, listen, listen, relax, relax. relax. What did you do with the life he gave you in one year? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we can be religious. A year can actually go by and we didn't achieve anything. We just wasted days, we just wasted time. And that's why don't be religious about it. Did you really achieve anything this year? You can point to something and say, I did this. Some of us are enrolled in online courses. Hmm? 20 courses all the time. You know, any course, they say this one is good for you. You like, oh, you, you don't even have password to some of the courses. So at the end of the year, you didn't finish one course. At the end of the year, not one book is finished. Some of you read six books at the same time. At the end of the year, not one project accomplished. Not one amount saved to say, I'm ending this year with this amount of money because I decided to save this amount of money. Everything that came this year went. And I like human beings. You know, at the end of this year, everybody, you know everybody's just blaming the economy. As if, <laughs> as if when the economy was good, their life was better. Ah, you know the way the economy is. The way the, even people who don't have money are saying the way the economy is. So, <laughs> how are you interacting with the economy? Let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. You have to tell yourself, if this economy does not improve, I will still live. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you like, blame the economy. Your landlord does not care. Your children don't care. Some of you, you know your wife does not care. Some of you, your husband does not care. So the, bet, the, the earlier you sit down, the better for you. Alright. Seven. Planning helps to set your priorities right. So when you plan, you set your priorities. What are my priorities? And this has really helped me. You know, this has really helped me. Because I started planning the year, you know, putting some of these messages to practice. And I think I've got three invitations this year already. 
that are coming for next year. And I was able to say, no, I won't be able to do that. I was surprised because I'm somebody who really likes to go out to preach, who, you know, want to do God's work. But I realized that planning gives me the ability to say, no, I won't do that. It's not in my priority. Because normally I'll feel, how will these people feel if I turn them down? I said, no, won't be my priority. Sometimes I realize I'm overstretching myself just to please certain people. Say, no, I'm not going to do that. Because you know what? I don't have the same energy I had 10 years ago. That's the truth. My work has increased. My responsibilities have increased. What I need to learn have increased. Sometimes your physical strength is not as it should be 10 years ago. So you need more rest. You need more sleep. You need to eat properly. You need to eat rightly. So you have to be able to say no. Planning helps you to set your priorities right. Some extra thoughts. And then we'll go to why plans fail. And then I think we can wrap up. Are you, are you getting anything? Are you learning anything? Is this helping you? All right. Some extra thoughts. Number one, don't allow people interrupt your plans. Don't allow people interrupt your plans. You know, we, ha- we live in a society that has no respect for other people's plans. And once you turn people down, they feel bad. Okay? So you, you must not be at the mercy of people who do not have a plan. So, they don't have a plan, you have a plan, you allow their what? Their lack of plan to affect your own planning. Right? I think for me, that's something I'm learning now. Just telling Pastor Mary about it. I'm usually this kind of person that, if people send me messages, I just like to respond. I don't like to keep people waiting. So, most of you, I mean, those of you who are close to me and have access to my number, you realize that immediately you send me a message, I almost get, it's almost like I stay with my phone. And funny enough, my phone doesn't ring out. My phone, not sure my phone has rang in, the, in how many years I've had it. I usually, but I think I'm so close to my phone that I don't miss a call. <laughs> if I don't pick my call, it means I'm not there. Which is strange, but I just realized that there's a synchrony of my body system and my phone. If a call is coming, I'll just know a call. It's not word of knowledge, or it's not spiritual gifts. It's because I've stayed with my phone so much. It's now AI. It's part of my body. So by, I was telling myself, next year, I have to this habit, I have to reduce it. Because I just realized that I am allowing my response or my interaction with my phone to be dependent on what? On when a message comes in. As opposed to working on my plan and responding to the message when I have that. Do you understand what I'm... You have to tell yourself the truth. You have to just tell yourself the truth. If not, you keep this... You can say, oh, I'm very social, I'm very relatable. It will take your time. It will take your time. I know one of my brothers here shared, shared something with me many years or dealing with something. And he said, I don't read messages in the morning. I finish my day before I read messages. So I won't see one message that will interrupt my day. You know how I many of you are like that? Yeah. Just see one message. You just scatter your day. Your mother will just send you one message. You didn't send that money. Goat. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you that have all those kind of mothers that would. How you just say this woman? Throughout that day. Do you realize that's what you'll be complaining about? You can you believe? Do you believe it? This woman, the days. So those kind of just. Hmm? I know somebody will say, what about if the fire is burning? And people have told you there is fire. How you know the fire is not burning? <laughs> the fire burned last year. The fire burned this year. It's not burning. Come on, my friend. Fire is not burning. Glory to God. So, but we must learn to manage these things. We must allow people to interrupt our plan. When you want to read, you are reading. When you want to pray, you are praying. Is that okay? Now, living life on the fast lane always. Right? Some extra thoughts. 
if you don't plan, everything becomes urgent. Dressing becomes urgent. Cooking becomes urgent. You know, everything is urgent. And you know something? As I was studying this, it came to, it came to me as I was studying this. You, 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 you see something? Now, you can go back and study it. I'm not a medical doctor, but something I just read up, right? Our stress level is increased because everything is what? Urgent. And you see, that affects our health. But if you, have you ever, have you, I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't know how to explain it. Let me use this example. So if you have never experienced it, I don't know what other example to use. But have you ever, um, you were going to the airport and you were late for a flight or there was hold up? You rea- your whole system, you, it will seem as if you should, you know, it, ah, that, what will happen to you? Even when you get on the plane and the AC is or you will still sweat for like 20 minutes. If you have ever experienced it, one time I was in Uganda, spent three weeks ministering, and I was to come back to Lagos. I used Rwanda Air, so we were to fly to Kigali and from Kigali to, to Lagos. And that day, my host miscalculated. He didn't know schools were resuming, and it rained. Man, there was traffic. We were entering, they used to call bike. They called, they called bikes border border in, 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 um, in Uganda. So we're entering one bike to another, one bike to another. When I got to the airport, <laughs> oh boy, I heard them announcing, boarding, announcing my name. You are looking for this one person. I ran past the police post. They said, where? I said, is my name there? Is my name there? I just opened my passport. The guy just, I mean, I entered the plane. Everybody was looking at me like, I don't care what haters look at. I have entered, you know? Ah, my brother, for the first 30 minutes of that flight, I was still sweating. You see, when everything is emergency in your life, you are destroying your health. You need to pace life. And what happens? Lack of what? Planning. Do you know what it will just save you to plan your dress for the next one week? How many of you just know what? I wear this on Monday, I wear this on Tuesday, properly ironed on Sunday, while you are watching movie, you can prepare your clothes. Hmm? I don't know how many of you are like me. I've told, I've told Pastor Mary that my goal for next year, right? I think I've told all of you, greater organization. I'm that traveler that packs 4 a.m. for a 6 a.m. flight. I, for some reason, I'll just relax. I'll just sleep. You, you know, for me, I, I think urgency of traveling releases my creativity. It's not good. It's stress is releasing. If I tell you how many things I've forgotten in, in hotels, I will have suits. The trouser will not come back. <laughs> you know, there's any times Pastor Mary will pick the natives. Say, where is this trouser? Ah! In fact, up to my last trip in Rome, I was in Holland. And the guy sent me one picture. Says, is this your shirt? <laughs> I said, look for, I said, you can give it to homeless people. He said, so thank you very much. In my mind, I'll say, don't thank me. <laughs> Why? I packed that morning, I'm heading to the airport. I forgot to charge I forgot to this, I forgot to shoes, I forgot. I mean, many times I'll leave, they, they'll call me, say, ah, man of God, sir, man, is this your suit? I said, okay, give it out. That's not willing giving. It's not so, it's sowing with tears. But it's lack of planning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I had parked the night before. So we are all victims of this in a particular area. Some of you plan your finances well, but your dressing is disordered. That's why it looks like you have only one shirt. But it's because it's that shirt that does not need ironing. 
It's not that you like it. You just, oh! Oh, and they say spirit and truth should come by seven. And they say, they don't say, ah, man, they say, oh, this is my shirt, I like it. No, it's, it's a sign of disorder. You cannot like only that one shirt. My sisters, <laughs> let's rest on your case a bit. Eh? Your hair. Plan it. There are four weeks. Oh, this hair, I'm sure it will get bad in two weeks. Plan when to make your hair. Give yourself. You see, let me tell you a woman's self image is, I mean, you can say you are a new man in Christ, you are a new creation. If your hair is not good, it affects you. You know, for so when you know your hair contributes to your beauty, you schedule your time. Give yourself time. There can be time to make your hair. If not, you wear one wig and wear one wig and wear one wig and wear one wig and wear one wig. A time will come. That wig will run. <laughs> because where is it? Where is it? Wig has taken off. You say, my dog go to that house. Oh, you <laughs> You know, I'm saying that jokingly, but you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, just... What I'm saying is that there are things that might not look important in your life, but they're important to your person. Prioritize them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's prioritize them. Put them there. You are able to identify areas of constant struggle and weakness, so you plan to build on your strength. I give you an example of how I pack when I'm traveling. So what do I need to do? It's an area of weakness. I need to work on it. Because I am laughing now because I'm forgetting shirts and trousers and this, Right? What about if I now forget an important document? What happens? It will not become a matter of laughter again. It will now be miracle and praying and trusting angels and sending angels where they should not go when they have an assignment for something. So, before your life becomes a disaster plan, are you hearing what I'm saying? The inability to plan for your finance, you are single now, it looks like a joke until they send your children home from school. And you know, you don't know the damage that does to kids. Until your landlord starts calling you, you start running, you start lying, you start jumping everywhere. Until you become homeless and start... Pe- so, this, see, every little thing you don't deal with now has a, um, a catastrophic ending when it gets higher. Are you here? Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time, I was traveling with my family too. I'm usually like that, I don't know, but I think I'll change next year gradually. Right? We had to go to the We're at the airport, we're traveling somewhere. So Pastor Mary said, you know, Pastor Mary, she's the, you can, you can tell the difference between us, right? She's the let's go. Pastor Mary will start packing one week before time. They will have list. All the children will have list. Buy room. Me, I don't have list. List is here. <laughs> so when we get to where we are going to, I will not say, ah, did you bring this one? He said, where's your own? Say, don't worry, we can use one. We are one flesh, okay? So <laughs> we're traveling. And uh, she just said, let's get to our gate. I said, we're already at the airport. Let's go and eat. Let the children eat. Let, enjoy life. Enjoy my money. <laughs> we're eating when we heard our name. The Ogagas. He said, ah, we are the ones they are calling. Oh, you are wrong. <laughs> Food we didn't finish. Children were acting. Zara was small then. Zara was running. She raised her trousers. He was, <laughs> you know, and those things put Sister Mary up. She said, I was telling you. I said, this is part of it. If we didn't do that, will I have a story to tell you people today? I won't have a story. <laughs> It gives me my stories. I don't know many stories. So all these occurrences add up. You see, but that could have led to us missing the flight. So certain things like this, at certain levels of your life, they are not devastating. It doesn't mean they are correct. Because if we had missed that flight because of that, you know what that will cost, right? So 
Now that God is giving you opportunity to correct certain things, correct them now. Alright. So why plants fail? Why plants fail? The, the Bible says plants fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. That's Proverbs 15, 22. I'll just read, okay? I'll just read and then I'll finish this because I want us to do something in five minutes. Plants fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 15, 22. The message that just say refuse good advice and watch your plants fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. Proverbs 15, 22. Now, please listen to me. For some level of planning, you need advice. Because we, we said it in the book of Jeremiah, I like this. It said, without consultations, plans are what? Frustrated. So, let me give you an example. If you are struggling in that area, it's because your thought hasn't been able to generate a good plan. Seek counsel. This issue of living life alone was, you see, life was not designed like that. Oh, I'm having struggle with my finances. Seek somebody to help you to make a plan. There are certain things I want to do in church now, and I'm calling, I'm, I'm asking people to help me. I've never done that before. How do we do this? I'm speaking. You know, so that, that's why you see that no manager is left to plan alone. Am I right? They come with what? They call it a planning meeting. What do they do? They are experts. They are consultants. What are they doing? Everybody's looking at the plan because that plan you think is good. Somebody will look at it and say, "Mm -mm, this is an issue. So open your plan up. This issue of, I just want to surprise them. When I know there are some people you should not surprise. Put the plan down. This is my plan. What do you think? Okay? So that's important. So without consultation, plans are frustrated. So consult. Ask questions. That's where mentorship comes in. Right? That's where help comes in. Ask questions. Ask your manager. I'm thinking of developing my career. This is what I'm thinking. Ask questions. Be open. Say if you tell people your plan, and they will frustrate it. All the ones you have not told people, where have you gotten to? Seek consultation. So plans fail for lack of counsel. Then you can only plan at the level of your thinking. No company manager plans alone. You know? So there's what you call the planning thing. Enlist help to ensure your plan succeed. Mentorship, accountability, or someone to think through your plan. There are people you should not surprise with your plan. Let them help you think through your plan. Alright? Then number the last one, I'll just say the last one because I want us to do something. Move from excuse to execution. Please, give me Luke chapter 15. If you can, if you can, put verse 18 to verse 20, just together, if you can. Move from excuse to what? Execution. What do I mean by that? On performance, I don't want to go too, 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 too much on that, right? I don't want to go too much on that. On performance is one thing. Eliminate excuses. Why didn't you learn that instrument? Eliminate excuses. Why didn't you read that book? Eliminate excuses. And please, I want to repeat this again. I'm repeating it because I feel it's an emphasis we need to do. As you progress into next year, have a plan for your family. Don't allow any family person harass you out of the plans that you have. You cannot, you cannot be too merciful to the detriment of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? We are raised in a communal environment which is very good, but a lot of people have not picked up in life Your friends. That's your friends that are constantly collecting loan from you and not paying back. It ends this year. 
And when they ask you, tell them. You have not been good in this. Hmm? They just laugh. They just laugh it out. Ah, hey, my guy, my guy, my guy, my guy. 5,000 has gone. My guy, my guy. 5,000 has gone. When you calculate the total cost of my guy, my guy. That, that little my guy, my guy is costing you 300,000 every year. My guy, my guy, 300,000. That's what that phrase is costing. Next day, we say, my guy, my guy. You say, no guy, no guy. Because you are saving, by saying no, you have saved 300,000. You see, let me tell you, don't be emotional to the destruction of your destiny. Please. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to be firm. That person you keep helping and is not picking up, tell them the truth. You can't have a well-planned life and it's destroyed by people who have no plans. So let me finish this now. Luke chapter 15, verse 18 to 20. I just want to pick a phrase here. You know the prodigal son, right? Come on, are you here? Prodigal son. He says, I will get up. Pay attention to that verse. I will get up and go to my father. And we say to him, Father, I've sinned against him and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. So he got up. Everybody say, so he got up. That's how to, whatever plan he had made, if he didn't get up, he says, I will get up. Verse 19, so he got up. That's the secret to success. I will read, so he read. I will save, so he saved. Most of us are at the I will stage. Very fantastic plan. 2024, I'm going to read for 15 minutes. I will read for 10 minutes. I will save 20,000. I will iron my shirt. I will brush my teeth. I will I'll be committed to God. They will even think I'm a pastor. We never get to verse 19. So he brushed. So he was committed. So he saved. Child of God, without that, so he did. All the messages I preached in the last two years, two two. two Midweek services are wasted. So he planned. So he executed. Without execution, there is no planning. So move from excuses to execution. Let's pray quickly. Father, thank you. I ask that this truth be engraved in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.